Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 322, the first ever Listener Spotlight episode with Brent Rogers. And I am your co-host, and the guy who did it again. And I'm your co-host and the guy who is now headed home from a quail hunt out west. All right. How was the quail hunt? It was good. We sacked up 43 wild bobwhite quail, which is no small feat these days in about two and a half days of hunting. So it was a, it was a lot of fun. We had a good time, ate some good food, and really had a lot of fun. Watched some good dog work. Oh, man. That's the name of the game. Yeah. It was good. We had a Brittany Spaniel that pointed them, and then we would flush them shoot them and then my labrador retriever mac would retrieve them for us so it worked out good how is mac doing by the way he's good he, you know he had some health issues we tried to take him out duck hunting while we were out there but it was so cold it seemed like that bothered his lungs and he started coughing so i had to carry him back to the truck hmm. but as far as quail hunting he did great like as long as he was running and wasn't just having to sit there soaking wet he was fine yeah you know he may have been staging that I would have coughed a couple of times to get to go back to the truck, too, if I was out. Heck, yeah. Stay yes. out of that cold water. and yeah. Yeah. The water out there is like, I think the water is somehow below 32 degrees out there, but doesn't freeze because it is unbelievably cold. Yeah, it is it is entirely possible, you know. Yeah. Well, what did you do again? <laughs> I fooled that old man again. Oh, yeah? Santa. Absolutely pulled one over on that joker all right uh-huh he thought i was good <laughs> oh did you get many items off our list that we made a few weeks ago what a maroon <laughs> no no Mm-mm. so yeah i had a good christmas spent some time with the family and we are well we chose this year 
not to really do any big gifts and just do stockings. And we're going to go on a trip this year because we didn't really do anything together as a family last year. So this coming year, we are going to, the consensus is, and you know, we've got to play this whole COVID thing out, but the consensus is we're going to load up and go to Yellowstone for about seven to 10 days. Oh man, you will love it out there. Yeah, since you and Audrey went this fall, you know, it's been on my list of places to go for the past several years, and we just have not gotten there for one reason or another, and we're going to make it happen this year, I have a feeling, so looking forward to it, but yeah, it was a laid-back Christmas, not very stressful leading up to it, but it was a good time, you know, to be able to hang out with family and get together, and you know, even though COVID still around and still affecting quite a few people it just really was not like so concerning over the holidays so it was nice yeah 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 that's how my family kind of handled it as well we went at it just like normal before we get too much into talking about the show i've got to just tell you something that's pretty dang awesome tell me about it we're 79 days nine hours 33 minutes and 35 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in alabama that's pretty awesome but you know it's even more awesome make my heart sing tell me we're only 43 days 12 <laughs> hours and 52 minutes from hunting turkeys in utah that's craziness that's not long at all. I mean, we're closing in on one month. Yeah. Pretty rapidly. So, we're about yeah. six weeks out, we'll be be chasing them. And the good news is, I already can't feel my toes. So, <laughs> I'm I'm getting a little taste of what I think our hunt's going to be like. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, I got to taste it this morning in Kansas while the snow was hitting me in the face. It was a good good precursor for the turkey hunt that we're going on. Yeah. Very cool. They're only supposed to get like 10 inches of snow this week, so I'm sure there won't be much when we go. Right. (laughs) It will all be gone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It'll be an experience for sure. Sunny and 70 with no wind. That's what I'm expecting. That's what I'm hoping for, for sure. I'd be all right with that. (laughs) Yeah. Before we get into it, one weird thing that happened today, I've had three different people message me that they heard turkeys gobble today. Really? All in the South. So that's kind of strange. Two different states. It was a beautiful day today in the South. Yeah. And three different people texted me and said, hey, I just heard a turkey gobble. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, so I mean, I'm going to dive a, in and look at all the different weather factors for the day, figure out what happened. <laughs> about the way it works. You know, there's yeah. good goblin days and bad goblin days. Yeah. Even in the winter. Even in the winter. Yeah. Today was a good one, apparently. Yeah. Well, speaking of good ones, we've got one for everyone today. Oh, yeah. We have an awesome interview for you guys listening. So Cameron and I mentioned to you all, gosh, I guess it was a couple of months ago that we come up with a harebrained idea of doing a listener spotlight interview. And we were taking nominations for the listener spotlight episode and ask you guys to email Cameron and me and let us know who you thought would be a good interview. Well, someone threw out the name of Brent Rogers. And for those of you who do not know Brent or know of Brent, I have to say to you, number one, you're missing out. But number two, it tells me you are not on social media because Brent Rogers is a machine on social media, especially in the turkey world. Yeah, and the collecting turkey world yes so brent he's very active on social media if you i think if you've ever posted a picture of yourself in a wild turkey you probably got a comment from brent rogers congratulating you so he's very very much into the entire lifestyle of turkey hunting yeah yeah not just the hunt exactly he's a hunter he is a collector of collars a collector of books, a collector of anything and everything related to turkey hunting. And so we've got the interview with Brent today. Brent is a longtime listener of the show. I think he was one of the very first listeners to ever reach out to me when I started this show going on, wow, I think seven years ago. So 
He's just a super, super guy. You guys are going to enjoy this interview and enjoy listening to Brent delve into his obsessions with us a little bit. So, Cameron, what do you say we jump on into the interview? Yeah, let's jump in. Y'all enjoy. All right. Listen in closely and we'll see you on the other side. Hey, everybody. Cameron and I are glad to tell you that we have on the line with us today our first listener spotlight interview. And it is with one of the most interesting people that you guys will ever meet if you have the opportunity to sit down and chat with Mr. Brent Rogers at a turkey hunting event around the country because he most likely will be there. Then consider yourself very lucky. He is a long, long, long time listener to the show. Brent, you were probably one of the first people to listen to the show and to even reach out to me. And so I appreciate all the time that you've devoted to listening to the show and for whatever strange reason, you still listen. And I thank you for that. So Brent, my, my pleasure. how are you today and where in this beautiful country are you? Well, I'm doing good. It's a cold day here in Southeast Iowa. I'm just chillaxing at Rogers roost as I call it. All just, right. uh, Surrounding myself with all things turkey. Good deal. Good deal. So, Brent, I've never actually talked to you on the phone before, but I feel like you're a friend of mine after all the messages we've shared on Facebook, for sure. Absolutely. Social media, even though it at times can be an idiot's forum, there are some nuggets there, and uh, and I appreciate <laughs> folks like you, Cameron, because makes it well worthwhile. Oh, yeah. I've really enjoyed getting to know you through Facebook Messenger, for sure. And you have helped me with books, especially nobody else, because you have a vast knowledge of the turkey literature world. <laughs> that is true. Well, we all have our vices. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the things that I want to talk to you about, and, and I know Cameron does too, is oh, yeah. that book vice, but also you do some some call collecting and and really anything and everything turkey you just have immersed yourself in it and you know you're you are one of us so to speak meaning that you're just obsessed with turkeys and possessed by them as well and so that's I do want to step back and touch on one thing real quick, though, and, and it's something that Cameron touched on, and that is your presence on social media. And I think that a lot of people who listen to this show will recognize you from that. And so I'm sure they're going to be excited to get the opportunity to learn a little bit more about you as well. So you know what, Cameron? What? We need to, we need to hit Brent with the... Rapid fire Q and A. Oh, for sure. That's the quickest way to get to know it. Bring it. Oh, there it is. <laughs> all right. Here. I'm sure he, he's probably already ready for all the questions if he's listened for as long as you say. <laughs> I should have. I, I play taken along every time myself. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, then let me break out the stopwatch here. And Brent, you know how it works, so I'm just going to jump in with the first question and go. Great. All right. Wild turkey, grilled, baked, or fried? Grilled. Wild turkey, on the rocks, neat, with cola or with water? Always neat. Number of grand slams? Zero. Have you ever killed a bearded hen? Yes. Have you ever killed a jake? Yes. A 10-minute successful hunt on a 2-year-old or a 4-hour long hunt with a clean miss on a 4-year-old? Gosh, I hate missing. <laughs> I'll, I'll, take the, I'll take the kill. Favorite camo <laughs> pattern? Uh, mossy oak. Bottomland. Wild turkey legs for dinner or for the dog? I make pastrami out of them. Great stuff. Nice. More or less than five strikers in your turkey vest? I would say right about five or six. The state you killed your first turkey in? Iowa. The state you killed your last turkey in? Iowa. Sit in a blind for four hours and squeeze the trigger or run and gun for one hour and not shoot? Oh, out of the blind for sure. Rio's, well, you haven't. Have you killed a uh, anything other than eastern? Any other subspecies? A Rio. Okay. All right. So Rios or Easterns? Easterns. All right. Fields turkeys or woods turkeys? Well, most of what I hunt around Iowa is fields turkeys, but man, do I love woods turkeys as I travel. Shotgun scope, rifle sight, holographic sight, or beads? Sights. 
Rubber boots, leather boots or snake boots? Rubber boots. Favorite place you've ever hunted? New York. The most turkeys you've ever killed in a season? Eight. The least number of turkeys you've ever killed in a season? One. Out of all of the states that you've hunted, which state has the most uncooperative turkeys? Pennsylvania. If you only knew how to imitate one turkey sound to call turkeys, what would it be? Scratching leaves. On a scale of one to ten, how good of a turkey caller do you think you are? Uh, six. Your favorite turkey hunting book? <laughs> Illumination in the Flatwoods by Joe Hutto, even though it's really not about hunting. Who taught you yeah, how to turkey hunt? Yeah, a good hunt? one, though. Myself, and I watched videos. That really helped as well. Think of the toughest turkey you ever hunted. Did you ever kill him? Nope. <laughs> do you prefer long, sharp spurs or long, thick beards? Give me spurs. The biggest mistake new turkey hunters make? The same one I make. No patience. How long does turkey season last in heaven, and what is the bag limit? Oh, it's it's open season, and uh, you got to shoot your way out. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I want to get out, so I don't think I'll be trying to shoot my way out, I guess. But... <laughs> I've got 3 minutes, 24.64 seconds. That is a strong That's show. pretty good. Yeah. Very fun. Good. It's a lot, I have to say it's a lot more fun than I even anticipated. It's always fun to listen to the answers, but uh, that was that was great. Yeah. Well, thanks for playing yeah. along. You, you can gather from those questions pretty quickly, like, how does this person hunt? You know, what do they like to do to hunt? and That, that kind of thing. I, I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. I always enjoyed doing that and you know, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from the listeners with it. It's, it's a good time. So yeah, that, so let's jump in. In the rapid fire Q&A, you made mention that your favorite book, turkey hunting book, is Illumination in the Flatwoods. And that is one that you and I have spoken about several times. And now that you have said that, I'm reminded of a conversation that we had about it. And that was, hey, Andy, do you think you can help me get Joe Hutto to sign a copy of that book and I have yet to do that and I want mine signed. So hey, 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 hey let me send you <laughs> I want one signed too. <laughs> well, I admit to being a little bit type A when it comes to this stuff. So I've been in touch with Joe for well over a year and Great. he signed several things for me and uh he's uh, he's been really a lot of fun just to kind of get to know over email and and super good guy. He's got another book coming out uh, called In the Eye of the Deer, hopefully in the next year or so, yeah. which will be quite interesting. But yeah, uh, we can we can talk offline, but uh, definitely, definitely it's something you want to do is contact Joe and get your book signed. Yeah, wow. he is yeah. one fascinating man. Do you, do you have to put the book in like a saddlebag on a mule deer to get it to him? Or... <laughs> <laughs> You know, he, he's moved back to Florida. So, he, you know, he was in Wyoming, and now he's moved back to, to Florida. And so it's it's kind of funny. When I first called him um, and talked to him, he said uh, he had just had a lightning strike at his cabin. And he, he, uh, he said everything electronic burned out, including the hearing aids he was wearing. And he said, I, I think wow. I'm okay. <laughs> And uh, he's got got such a great sense of humor. But yeah, he's back in Florida, where where of course all the the illumination book took place. Yeah. Wow. Did Very he, cool. Did he mention what his next project is? Because I know it's not going to be sitting around. Well, <clears throat> other than the book he's writing, I know he's just what he basically said is he's just enjoying life. So he's good. Um, he's definitely. Uh, taken more time i think to i mean he talked about typical joe he talked about how docile the water moccasins were and how much he liked handling them and i said joe you don't realize you're not normal (laughs) how docile the water that's like the most aggressive snake i've ever come across i thought (laughs) i i happen to believe they're just curious yeah well they're they're not going to be curious long they come slithering up to me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know joe's uh joe's lady of his life right now is rita coolidge i don't know if you know who that is but she's a she's a pop singer and and so i think joe's just really enjoying life because he's got himself a, a nice place in florida and he's enjoying all that life has to offer 
Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That definitely is an interesting guy. He's got insights into wild beings that we probably never will. So. <laughs> so true. Yeah, Aldo Aldo Leopold. Even though he's not a turkey book author, he's one of my favorite authors. Um, if you haven't read Sand County Almanac, that should be required reading for everyone. But Aldo Leopold said there are some who can live without wild things and some that can't. And I'm in the latter camp, and I think we on this phone and Joe certainly fit that mold as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what would you say is your most prized book that you own? Well, I certainly, I, I have kind of, every collector has their own little niche. And mm-hmm. mine is I love to get signed uh, just like we talked about with Joe, I like to get books signed if the author is living. But even for our, you know, deceased, I love tracking down signed books. So I've got books by, you know, Dwayne Bland and Charlie Elliott and Jack Dudley and and uh, many others. Those are those are ones that I really treasure. Kenny Morgan, Doug Camp, um, Dwayne Bailey, just signed books that to me it's it's a link to that person they held that book they signed it they Mm -hmm. were proud of it and those words are still timeless yeah yeah that's cool that's awesome yeah Yeah. for for the listeners who may not know about brent his book collection is unbelievable i mean it is fast so just to make that clear for everybody (laughs) yeah you know there's and there's really so many books out there I know I, I was doing an exercise here a while back where I was going to say, well, how many actual turkey hunting books are there? And if you look at how many first edition, first printing books that are actually about turkey hunting, there's nearly 400. Now, that's you can easily double that number if you add things like scientific publications mm-hmm. and fiction. And But, I mean, if, I've probably got... 95% of them I've got a very small list I'm still working on and and uh it's it's a life mission for sure wow yeah have you read all of those that you have so or, or do you have a stack of three or four or 20 that you have yet to finish reading yeah it's 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 the latter I've probably read 60% of them just the sheer volume keeps me from you know having that task done even in the next couple of years it's going to take me a while and and some of the scientific ones, because I'm a biologist by training, I, I even enjoy reading those, but they're a bit slower reading. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just it's something I, I like to savor so I don't rush through. Yeah. Yeah. How many, I mean, at, at what point, you know, maybe you're picking up a book every now and then, but at what point were you like, all right, I'm going to start collecting these, like aggressively yeah. collecting books? Well, I think it was probably – it was probably 15 years ago or so when I went to a, a National Wild Turkey Federation national convention and, and, uh, you know, I got, uh, books from Earl Groves and Lovett Williams and a couple others there at the convention, they signed them for me. And, and I, I just, I was so interested in who they were. So that's what really got me interested in collecting the books. The books are just really represent people. They represent the personalities and and the knowledge and the entertainment that those people encompass. And as I started to meet the authors, I got very interested and I got home and kind of got on a mission. And, and then I, I, I really, st- I mean, I always had collected books, but it was more of a, you know, history, civil war, um, nature kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. and then turkeys became my primary, primary interest. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's Interesting. You know, I I am by no means as much of a collector of books as you or even Cameron. Cameron burns through books, and I I hate to use the verb burns in this (laughs) in in that context. How about how about breezes through books pretty quickly? So you know, he's always got a turkey book that he's reading, and and I just don't. When I finally unplug from work. At the end of the day, the last thing that I want to do is read, even if it's something about hmm. turkeys. And so I don't have that kind of collection that you guys have and don't go through them like you do. But what would you say, like, give, give me 
your top three to five. So we have illumination in the Flatwoods for for a first time, maybe like a yeah somebody, somebody who's wanting to grab five books. What would you go for? And and let's do this, Brent. Let's say books that are pretty readily available today. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I mean, there's reprints available of the American Wild Turkey by Henry Davis, and I I mm-hmm. think that is one that you know love having the original, but that that's one that I think everybody could enjoy, and it really shows the history. Tenth Legion by Tom Kelly is is just outstanding. Talked about illumination. Uh, Doc Weddle's book, so you had Doc on just a while back. Yeah. Great, you know, great kind of contemporary book that, that yeah. really takes you across the country. There's books that are contemporary books that are also ready readily available from from guys like Ray I and and uh Wade Weinman and and you know you can find these books on eBay or Amazon and all great reads. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. So, let's uh, one more question for you on books and then let's let's move on cuz I want to talk to you a little bit about some turkey collars. Yeah. So, what is one turkey book that you're working on right now, that you're reading right now? Uh, I'm reading Kenny Morgan's second book, which is Mongrels, Dogs, and Wild Turkeys. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've I've, uh, I've not ever read it through. I, I got it initially and, and read most of it kind of quickly, and now I'm going back, and I really like who Kenny Morgan was. And, oh, yeah. and I, just got, I just got done reading again Old Pro Turkey Hunter, which I always read every year. I hadn't read it yet this year, and I had some time. And, and again, just a fantastic book. Yeah. yeah. Old Pro and then Kenny Morgan's One Man Game are, are two of my favorites so far for sure. Yep. Yeah. Maybe one day Brent Rogers will author a turkey hunting book about turkey hunting books. <laughs> I already told yeah, him if he, he does, he's he's going to sell one at least. <laughs> <laughs> you could scratch that up. That'll be two. You you just doubled your orders. Well, that's uh, at, at $1,000 a piece. That almost pays for itself. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Cameron's giving me mine for Christmas next year, so yeah. I'm looking forward there, to it. There you go. Yeah, 50 years monthly installments, I'll pay it off. But. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I keep uh, I keep journals. I've got four journals full of turkey hunts and other turkey reflections, and and it's definitely in my future to write a book. I've got all different kinds of ideas. I, I really would love it to be about the people, you know, of turkey hunting and, and this other stuff that kind of helps fill in those gaps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I had one more book question, and I was going to ask with there aren't quite as many new books being released, I'd say, that are you know really high quality. Are there any books that say in the past year or two that have been released that you really recommend that or that you've gotten? You think this one was a great read? I know for me, Ron Jolly, that Memories of Spring, I thought was great. That was the first one I was going to mention. That was again, Ron, Ron and his wife Tess are just such great people, and yeah, and they've they've been such a part of the industry, but not not just as you know workers or observers really participating in it. That's such a great book, and Andy Cantrell uh, just wrote a book which I just read. It doesn't take long to read it. I thought that was a, a quite a good one. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I just finished it as well last night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought that was well written, and yeah, I mean the thing is, self-published books are so easy to do. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of books coming out, and I would encourage people. I think, again, it's it's kind of the we're all wearing shoe leather to the same task, and maybe doing it different ways. But it's really it's really kind of neat how we kind of reason as turkey hunters get so much enjoyment out of it. So I I, I like reading these new books that are coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you and I spoke, gosh, it's been a couple of weeks ago now about having you on the show to to interview you as the listener spotlight interview. You made a comment to me about collecting, collecting books and collecting collars and really collecting all things turkey and turkey hunting. And so do you remember what you said to me about why you collect? I don't know that I do recall it, but I know... I know I certainly have a passion for for the people and the history and yeah that's the, that's the big driver. Yeah. It was and I of course I'm not going to remember it exactly, but it was something along the lines of the fact that you collect for the sake of the people who created 
those things, not for what they created, but you collect because of them and that you have, you know, obviously the, the authors who are deceased and the call makers who are deceased, you know, you, you are not really have not been able to communicate with them to get to know them and, and therefore collect what they've produced or written. But the ones who are still alive, you know, you indicated to me that that's why you collect and, you know, that that's a large part of what you decide to collect. So, yeah, I just, I just feel like the, the people of turkey hunting is kind of an upper crust of the hunting collective, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but the, just everyone that I encounter for the most part is, is eager to share and listen to stories and, and some make calls, some make books, some hunt hard, but we all at the root of it have a mutual appreciation that, uh, you know, I, I think I find that these books and calls and recorded media and all these different things, they, they all just kind of keep that uh, feeling and that reality of how important turkey hunting is to me, at least, uh, right there in front of me, where it's it's just something I, I enjoy so much. It, it, the objects may not even, some of them, be super valuable, but to me, they, they've got a value that transcends dollars. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So, not only are you into books, but you're into callers, and so... What would be one of, like, the most unique calls that you have? Unique meaning, like, um, like people may find it abnormal looking or whatever, yeah, I mean, I've got a number of different old scratch boxes. Some of them are, some of them are folk <laughs> art for sure, uh, you know. And and some of them, you know, there's a, a guy named Lyle Staub uh, that that wrote a turkey book that's really hard to find. And I've got some of his calls, and they're they're definitely what I would call folk art, but they're also highly valued because of kind of who he was. And uh, I mean, things like that are kind of neat. But I've got some older calls too that are that are what i would call valuable to me probably valuable to others things like early harold knight wooden tubes i've got a a tom kelly uh, pot call that he made he made very few of those Hmm. um wayne bailey you know his wing bones were crude god bless them but they killed turkeys as as (laughs) as i'm sure people that knew who wayne bailey was knows but those are all things that i've got that you know, again, it, it, it may not be necessarily in, hey, these are the top call makers out there, but they're either unique or they come from people that were very unique. Hmm. That's interesting. Have you taken any of those older calls out on Hunt Sweetie? I have taken a couple of the scratch boxes and I've taken the Harold Knight wooden tube, and that's actually quite a good call. I just, I'm not great at tube calls, but um I, yeah i've taken some of that stuff out and i always like a mixed bag when i go hunting i i i go with uh what i would call some of my old factory calls mm-hmm. you know primo's power crystal and night and yeller they're they're ones i i grew up hunting that that still make the bag and yeah. contemporary calls from guys that i consider to be really great craftsmen and as well as some of these older calls which if you saw my turkey vest there those are the ones wrapped up in in multiple layers of stuff (laughs) yeah yeah i've got a lynch box call from when he lived in homewood alabama which is a suburb of birmingham and i think i've shared this story on the show before i know it's been a while but my office years ago used to be in Homewood. And of course, I'm in the mortgage business and have a lot of friends that are in the real estate business. And one of my friends that was a realtor came into my office one day and he said, I've got something for you. And he pulls out this Lynch box call Mm. and hands that to me. And I looked at it and I said, holy cow. I said, this is one of the Lynch box calls from Homewood, Alabama. Where did this come from? And he said, well, I'm renovating a house over on Edgewood Boulevard. And I tore this wall out and this was laying behind the sheetrock in the wall Mm. in between the two layers of sheetrock, you know, inside the wall. And I said, really? And he said, 
Yeah. I said, it was inside the wall, just sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, yeah. wow. you know, this call, this call right here is pretty rare and is worth some money. And he said, well, good. I hope you enjoy it. And I, I looked at him. I was like, are you serious? You know, the call meant absolutely nothing to him. Yep. But that call came from the house that Lynch lived in in Homewood, Alabama. Inside the wall of the house that Lynch lived in in Homewood, Alabama. Wow, that's pretty cool. That is amazing. What what a neat uh, what, what a neat story. I mean, the provenance on something like that coming from the house and everything. That's such an important thing to note with with those older calls. And man, you've got a good one there. I've yeah. got a Lynch collection, but I don't have a Homewood. <laughs> oh well. Uh oh. Uh, I, I feel an <laughs> offer coming when we hang up. <laughs> we we might could work something out. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm gonna hold on to it and see if it'll be worth as much as uh, a share of Google. It's yeah. it's one to hang on to. That's a that's a that's just a great call. I'm glad it's in appreciative hands. Yeah, and I have I've debated so many times on taking that that collar out into the woods and just running it, you know, because. I I've obviously never met the man, but I'm sure he's like I am. And that is you buy things and you get things to use them. And I doubt he ever made a call that was supposed to be put on a shelf and not used. And, yep. you know, with his intentions, I should say, when he started making that call. So I, I feel kind of like I owe it to him, but I also know how I hunt. <laughs> you'll sit on it first tree uh, i will i will lay down and crawl on it is what will happen <laughs> dragging it through the mud yeah and it'll it'll yeah. either be waterlogged or get cracked or broken and you know so I, i'm i'm hesitant to take it out and i may just take it one day and say you know what i'm i'm gonna take this collar with no gun then that way i don't have to worry about crawling on a bird or you know doing something stupid to break it you know, with the intention of yeah. killing a bird. So I don't know. We'll find out. I just, it's hard for me to go out into the woods during turkey season without a gun. So I don't know how well that's going to work out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a nice thing to, you know, I agree. Call makers would want their calls to be honored. I think that you're bouncing out right though with that's at, there, there's a point at which a call, you know, becomes more than a caller and it becomes really a historical artifact. And, and it's just kind of, it just means you you got to take extra precaution, and I'm also prone to crawl across calls, so mm-hmm. I've got to be very careful. Yeah. So, what do you kind of? Uh, I mean, is there anything in particular in the turkey collar world that you have a? <laughs> Here we are again using a word I don't really want to use. A fetish for. <laughs> <laughs> is there is it trumpets or wing bones over for lack of better terms box calls or is it pot and peg over you know some a scratch box what what when it comes to your collection is there a particular style of call that you're looking for or is it just hey I'm all about collecting based on how rare that caller is or how rare the, you know, how many calls the call maker made or what is it that kind of drives you there? Well, it's certainly an appropriate question for, for a collector. And, and I think that as I look at how other guys collect, there's no right or wrong way to do it. Right. It, sure. it, it's kind of the beauties in the eye of the beholder. And I've seen some guys that they really go deep on one uh, one call maker or one style of call or whatever it is. My my primary interest is on calls that are made or associated with wild turkey books. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's where I kind of get really excited. I've got, you know, like I said, a call by Tom Kelly, yeah. Neil Cost, Bart Jacobs, Wayne Bailey, Roger Latham, Doc Weddle, even contemporary guys, um, as well as I still get excited about collecting what I would call more vintage type calls, summer production calls. I've got a very deep Primos and Nightingale collection with many, many factory calls and a lot of their old calls. Uh, many of those signed, and uh, it, I've also got a lot of vintage calls. So if you're familiar with like a chalky scratch box, 
Um, you know, that's, that's one that, uh, I saw one just sell on eBay the other day for five fifty, which I thought was a bargain. You, you see them sometimes go over a thousand and mine is in new condition in a, in a box. So wow. things like wow. that are great to find, you know, I, I, Jack Dudley, uh, is another one I really, really identify with and, and got, you know, I, I collect what I would call he, he guys like he and Leon Johanny, uh, other, ones that were authors i collect what i would call try to get a complete collection where i've got uh, the book and a call associated with the book and records and and so guys like that i i have a little deeper collections of things too yeah so you touched on something there records you yep you're into that collecting on that yep. I mean, really you're just you are if it's turkey related he's getting it. exactly and <laughs> And I think that's what, you know, that's really where, really what separates you from a lot of guys who, who might just collect books or collect callers or, you know, whatever it happens to be, you are, if it's turkey related, you are on it. Yeah. I mean, the records, again, I think it's so neat seeing, seeing the history there. I've got records from Turpin and V.O. Johnson, Nightingale, Jack Dudley, Ben Lee, Lynch, Joe Henning, Pinswoods, others, um, audio cassettes. I mean, I, I saw where uh, Primos put on a uh, a thing on their Facebook site a couple years ago, saying, "Hey, Will Primos is looking for a copy of the very first audio cassette that he made, which was Wild Turkey Hunting with Wilbur R. Primos and the Southern Boys." Does anyone have a copy? And and I did, so I, I sent it in and and uh he made a couple he came in a couple recordings of it and sent me one and a nice letter and it's just fun because saving that old stuff like that you find out sometimes even the the people that generated it don't have it anymore and i've got what i would say a, a very deep collection of video cassettes and D- dvds i've got complete sets of series like you know Primo's, Nightingale, Mossy Oak, Realtree, Drury, H.S. Strutt, Loman, Quaker Boy, you name it. I, I've still got a VCR in my living room, and my wife rolls her eyes when I pop in a tape. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen a VCR, and I don't know how long. <laughs> I got to tell you, though, those early, as, as poor as the video quality was on them, those early VCR tapes, Oh yeah, there's a wealth of knowledge to gain from those for for the new turkey hunters out there, and you know I, I hate to possibly increase competition for you for those for those tapes. Although it sounds like you have the majority of them, but you know the old Primos, the Truth, that was some terrible, yeah. terrible. And you know the videography wasn't great, so you know I'm not really, but I'm not really knocking that as much. I'm just going with hey. The technology today compared to the technology thirty some odd years ago, wow! But yeah, the the you, content of those tapes. Agreed. I mean, that's just it. You think about what they had to do to record those with you know thirty pound cameras and microphones. <laughs> all the I mean, it, it amazes me sometimes. The footage is even there, as good as it is. It definitely has no comparison to HD cameras that you can hold with your hand nowadays but wow it is it is just like you said there are there are real knowledgeable people doing what i would call a real skillful hunt on some of those old videos that are a lot of fun to watch and you know the other thing that i i would say is something that people ought to really consider is collecting periodicals i've got a Hmm. i've got every edition of every pure turkey hunting magazine i just finished getting my last one (laughs) last year so i've got i've got 999 believe it or not turkey hunting magazines some are some are newsletters some are catalogs some are annuals but that those are time capsules i mean you'll get those especially old magazines and the authors were real hunters that were also quite good writers and the the information and the storytelling is superb the ads in the magazines now are just a great throwback to see where this all started. And, and with Outdoor Life and Field and Stream ceasing publication, which just still blows my mind. Yeah, I really think that these old publications, which many of us 
you know, enjoyed as kids and, and everything, there, there's yeah. definitely going to be more and more interest in those. And I would say get them while you can. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Fantastic. Well, well, Cameron, you have a question for Brent? So, Brent, you said you're a, you are a biologist? Yeah, I'm a biologist by training. And then coming out of college, I had two job offers from internships I did, and I actually worked in, in food science. So instead of working in, uh, you know, more strict biology, I, I work within a scientific field. But I think that's another reason I'm so passionate about all this. I volunteered for the NWTF for, for over 20 years, and I'm on the state board for Iowa. And and I certainly want to give back to the resource. And, and I, I really appreciate, you know, the chance in my leisure life to, to do a bit more with that biology piece. But, mm-hmm. and again, it's why I like the scientific books as well, because there's just, I think the more you get to know what a turkey is and what it does, uh, the better hunter it makes you. Yeah. True. Heck yeah. Yeah. Well, what would you say, you know, I feel like I know the, Brent the collector pretty well now, but I'd like to get to know Brent the hunter a little more. Yeah. What would you say the state of the turkey is in Iowa? Things looking pretty good. Well, I think we're definitely better off than what I what I see when I go to the northeast or you know the the, the south. I mean, there there are there are very concerning declines in the turkey population, and, and no doubt the the covid factor which is a lot more people in the woods i think it still remains to be seen what what that is we mm-hmm. we had a, a good hatch here in iowa this year good recruitment so we've got we've got a bird population that is less than it was 10 or 15 years ago when i would say we were at our max carrying capacity it's less now but it's still quite good the hunting quality is good um we we suffer in iowa from valuable farmland which means much of the border habitat is lost you know all those Mm. fence roads and and riparian buffers and all that are, are just continue to disappear and then all that's left is power lines with hawks sitting in a row Mm. Um, so so i've got a concern you know long term and and one of my passions is to introduce kids to turkey hunting i i've got uh, two kids my 16 year old daughter got two birds last year that that you know i had her help uh, me to call in and i've taken neighbor kids and another family and and uh, people through our our turkey chapter and anyway it's it, it is there is a great future if we're willing to continue to invest and make some tough decisions, I, I definitely think that the, the studies going on right now um, are going to be important for us to have more data-driven approach to what we need to do to, to make sure there are turkeys for tomorrow. Yeah. How I was a, is it, is it a one bird state even for residents or do you get to kill two? We get two in the spring and two in the fall and, and uh, so I'm I'm both a spring and a fall hunter, so I take advantage of that. But yeah, Iowa Iowa's got a very poorly funded DNR, unfortunately, and and so it's it's a situation where an Iowa tag is is very expensive. I know that my my out of state friends all hate that. Yeah. But when they get here, they they enjoy the hunt. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's an expensive one bird trip. But uh, hopefully we can in the future get some, our DNR some better funding where we don't have to rely on hunters in the same way. Yeah. Well, I'm planning on hitting Iowa this year, and I'm more than willing to. I'd I'd rather pay more money and hear more turkeys gobble and get one bird than you know pay less and have to run all over the country to hear one. <laughs> yeah, we benefit. We, we we've got big deer and big turkeys. Of course, there's a lot of there's a lot of you know waste grain where there are trees there's usually a pretty good mass crop and and so we grow them big and they gobble pretty heartily and you guys both know that uh it's it's a great state if you really want to want to make a memory with a hard charge and loud long beard yeah yeah i'm looking forward to it it's a good one for sure so you have just like cameron and i done some traveling and turkey hunting Mm -hmm. and how many uh, are you doing this with the intention of getting a super slam or are you just doing it just because you're like us also and you just love to travel and love to hunt and want to extend your season yeah i've never i've never 
I mean, they're, I mean, I look at super slammers as just like me. They're collecting memories in a different way. They're collecting mm-hmm. hunts and wow. I, I'm, I'm very, uh, you know, impressed with folks that are, it, in fact, it was Charlie Elliott that said this addiction will cost you time and money and alienate those close to you. I think super slammers <laughs> probably get that even more than, than some of us other collectors, but I'm not aggressively pursuing a super slam. It's always something I've said would be fun to do. I'm mostly going to where, you know, I can go and hunt, uh, you know, walk over a hill I've not been over before. And so I've got a little bit of that, uh, explorer in me as well as, you know, there are some places that I, that I go because I've got friends and we trade hunts. And so that's, that's kind of fun too. Yeah. Yeah. So where are you planning on heading? Let's just pretend COVID doesn't exist. Where are you planning on heading in 2021? Well, I, I was all lined up for Florida and had a couple of deaths in the family. So now, now it turns out I've also am the family farm manager. Hmm. And so I'll be sitting in the tractor perhaps next spring more than I normally would. And so I'm not going to make it to Florida. I will definitely hunt Iowa, Missouri, Wisconsin, and Outside of that, I would love to be able to go west at least, you know, for for a three or four day trip. But just gotta wait and see what the weather does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I hate to hear that. I know I've been praying for you. I know you've had a tough time here with the COVID in your family. So yeah, um, we'll keep you in in our thoughts while you're on the tractor this spring. Hopefully, you can keep the farm up and running. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. You know, I think the, the with my dad and my grandfather uh, both succumbing to it, it, it just lets me, you know, realize what the, much of the rest of the country is grappling with. But being, being a, a man of faith, um, I'm, I'm happy to, to have both good memories that I've made and know there's more ahead. And yeah. in the meantime, my plan is to honor those guys by continuing to, to wear my boot leather out, uh, hunting deer and turkeys. And my father was a great hunting buddy. And I'm looking forward, just like uh, I read in Ron Jolly's book, where he went and after his dad died, he killed a turkey with his gun, with a shell from his gun. And I'm going to use his calls and I'm going to do the same thing. That's awesome. Yeah, very cool. I'll, uh, I hope to get a picture of that bird. Yes. Uh, that'll be a memorable hunt for you. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Brent, I know that Cameron's got a bug out. He's got a family Christmas gathering to get to. And so he's, uh, I'm sure he's going to jump in here and say goodbye and drop off. But I've got just one or two more questions for you. And then I'm going to let you get back to your family to, to celebrate the holiday. Yeah. Well, Brent, I really appreciate talking to you. I got to get to Christmas Eve lunch that is non-negotiable. <laughs> and <laughs> got to keep, you know, you got to keep the peace nine months out of the year so you can play for three. But I really appreciate talking to you and I look forward to keeping up with you through social media and hopefully we can chat again sometime. Cameron, I know you got a, a good book under your tree you're looking forward to opening. I, I hope you enjoy <laughs> From it. You. And I wish you, wish you many happy hunts in the days ahead. All right. Thank you, Brent. See ya. See you, Cameron. All right. So, yeah, that what you were talking about with with your dad, I I, I know that'll be a a special hunt for you, and and hopefully it will be a successful one. But you know, to to be able to honor him and and you know just reflect on your time spent with him, I know that'll be special for you. So you know you yep. you've got a huge fan over here, and I know you do with Cameron as well. That'll be rooting for you and. Please keep us updated on on that this spring. So thank you. We'll do. Yeah, and you know, I just want to second what he said. I know you already know it, but you are you and your family are in my prayers as well. And so you know, we're we're we will not forget you. So uh, I know it's got to be a, a very tough time, and I'm very fortunate, very blessed that my to still have my number one hunting buddy around and and still share memories with him and and hunts with him and so uh For you sure. know it's it's all going to come we've no one's been able to beat it not even jesus christ has beaten it so we're we're all going to have our day. that <laughs> and uh i just don't you know i don't take those days for granted with my dad that's for sure so and i, I know yeah, you did no doubt 
Nope. And, and, uh, you know, I know that, uh, if, uh, if they could come back, they wouldn't because there's too much good going on where they're at. I just hope he's picking me out a good tree. There you go. That's a, that's a great way to look at it for sure. So I, I've just thoroughly enjoyed this, you know, and I, I always enjoy talking to you, even just picking up the phone and chatting with you, or if it's a, as much as I sometimes hate it because I, I love the show and I love being busy and running from here and running to there. But even if it's just a one minute, Hey Brent conversation at the convention, you know, <laughs> I, I always enjoy chatting with you. It's you're just one of the nicest guys that anyone would ever meet. And you have a heart for the sport and you know, it, you're just a pleasure to talk to. So I, I've always enjoyed short conversations. I've enjoyed this as well. I'm going to miss seeing you in February this year. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's going to be a bummer. That was it's a it's a set your clock kind of thing for us, I think, right? It Where is. it's kind of a, that precursor to get you get you all juiced up for the season. So yeah, that'll be uh, we'll look forward to it in 2022. Yeah, yeah, we'll it will give us something to look forward to, no doubt. So I will definitely keep you in mind for what you and I spoke about for Unicoi. And I, I hate that you're not going to be able to make that, Great. but we'll, I'll work on that favor that you asked me for. So we'll, we'll see if we can take care of that. And then tell, I just cannot even imagine that there's someone that listens to this podcast that you're not friends with or follow on social media because there's so many people that I know personally who they're just average turkey hunters you know when i say average they've got a passion for the sport so that to mm -hmm. me that makes you <laughs> as crazy as it is that makes you average <laughs> but yep uh, i'm i'm always amazed that even the people that i know and consider hunting buddies here in birmingham and in in the central alabama area they're friends with you and follow you on social media. You just are everywhere on social media. But if someone who's listening to this show wants to catch up with Brent Rogers via social media, do you happen to know your handles on any of those platforms that you would like to give out? Yeah. So if you, if you're on Facebook, I'm an admin or moderator for a couple sites. If you look up vintage turkey calls and literature or vintage turkey calls and printed material those are facebook sites that that uh you know many what i would say collectors that are way deeper than me in terms of of their collections uh and, and maybe i'm a bit more the literature guy on those those are great places to go you know there's also turkey call collector trader which uh, is a great site where people post a lot of that. My handle, well, you can find me on Facebook is just Brent Rogers. And then I'm on Instagram, although I don't do a lot with it. Gobble Getter is my, mm -hmm. is my name there. And so, yeah, I, I mean, definitely reach out to me. I, I really enjoy helping people since I've got, you know, most of the books, I enjoy helping other people find things. And I've got, I've got multiple emails where I've got hundreds of searches set up on eBay and I spend a few hours, I don't know if it's four or five hours a week entering data into spreadsheets on what books and calls are selling for. So I've always got to run an idea of what is the actual fair market value of stuff. So I, I, my goal is to, is to buy stuff at a, you know, at a, you know, say 60% of what maybe it would sell for. And so I'm looking for a deal instead of just buying the very first one I find. And, yeah. but uh, since, since I have met a lot of other people, I've got a, a network where I can help people find things too, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Well, I highly recommend you guys reach out to Brent and he is always willing to have a conversation about anything Turkey related. And I speak for Cameron when I say this because I know he seconds what I'm about to say. There's some great turkey hunters out there. There are a lot of great characters in the turkey hunting world that are still with us, thankfully. And there are a lot of nice guys in the turkey hunting industry. And you fit the bill of all of those things. And I can't think of a better first listener spotlight interview than you. So thank you very much for your time. I appreciate you, you know, still in a little way, a little time away from the family on Christmas Eve. And I'm going to 
turn you loose and let you get back to the family. Wish them all a very Merry Christmas for, from me and Cameron. And I know we'll be in touch before then because I've got a favor I've got to help you out with come January. But Great. lots of luck to you this spring as well. Well, thanks. Uh, I appreciate it. I'm going to mention one thing because this is something I'm excited about. I've got to, to I've, I've become friends with a couple of these authors. And uh, if they have, are you familiar with the Neil Cost books? Yes. Andy, the three volume set. Yeah. So they gave me permission, Scott Branton and Ray Berryhill, who, you know, interviewed Neil Cost for those three books are going to print a fourth book and it's going to come out in the spring and it's going to be the fourth book in the series called it was quite a party wow. by neil cost and it's again it's it's material that uh, was from those interviews just like the other ones it's going to be limited to 1500 numbered copies hardback dust jacket you know there's a they've got a way you can get books reserved if you've got let's say you want the fourth number in that set right you want you have the same number info at brantonberryhill.com but to me that's very exciting because again neil cost represents what's so great about turkey honey in terms of a call maker an author a personality and i'm just excited about it because you know it's it's a way to continue to honor our, our rich tradition very true yeah Thank you for mentioning that, and I, I know there will be quite a few listeners of the show who will jump on that opportunity to get on the list. So, unfortunately, it's going to be about a week before this interview airs, so I'll be ahead of them on the list. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so, yeah, you guys who are interested, jump on out there and do that, because I would imagine if there's 1,500, they're going to be gone in a hurry. Well, and you know, it'll be selling at a price point my guess is, you know, under $50 or something. And those other books that are sold out and they command well over a hundred dollars a piece and mm -hmm. sometimes uh, double that. Right. So it's a, uh, it's a good time to buy a book when it comes out. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, Brent, thank you again. I really have enjoyed this a lot. And, you know, because I do have to run here and run there at the convention, I don't get to spend as much time with you just, having a discussion about all this fun stuff that we're so involved with and eat up with to use a good old Southern term. And <laughs> so I, I've just thoroughly enjoyed this. So thank you again. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate what you and Cameron do and uh, happy hunting. Happy hunting to you as well. And I'm sure you and I will talk again soon. Merry Christmas and happy new year to you and your family. Merry Christmas. Same to you. All right. Bye-bye. Have a good day. All right, that is the interview of the first ever Listener Spotlight. Yeah, I don't think it could have been a much better listener to go for either. I'm telling you. I am <laughs> that guy, you, you, have you seen a picture of what he calls his, his roost, where all of his books are? I have not. It's absurd. I bet. I, I personally didn't realize there were that many books written about our great sport. He knows about quite a few of them. And, you know, he's a, when it comes to getting a signed copy of a book, he's, yeah, he's going to get it. I mean, he's relentless in his pursuit of getting the author to sign a book. And so, you know, to me, it makes him more valuable. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think he feels the same way about it, but. You know, I, I like the fact that he said when I asked him if if he reads all of these books when he gets them, and he's just basically said no. Yeah. <laughs> he's got more than he can read right now. And to me, that's cool because that, that's just like somebody, that's somebody collecting books because they're about the sport, not because it's just the greatest book about the sport ever. Yeah. You know, he's just trying to get his hands on those books and what's in there and the stories. And, you know, I, I mean, I just love that. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that was really cool. And I thought it was interesting he chose Illumination in the Flatwoods as one of his favorites. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, that's just, that's a pretty neat story. And it's not as turkey hunting related as it is more about just turkeys. Yeah, you know, it appeals to the biologist side of him. Yeah, I mean, that I love that book, and the PBS documentary on it is incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then how they made the PBS documentary was even more incredible. Yeah, they like redid the whole thing. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Re-imprinted and everything. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, that was pretty insane. But yeah, Brent, great guy. I talked to him quite often on social media myself. It was fun to get to actually talk to him on the phone. And I think he's got an incredible collection up in Iowa. Maybe at some point I can get up there and meet him and see his actual collection. If you did that, you know he's going to run you through the paper detector before you leave his house. <laughs> he probably should. <laughs> Probably have one of Jack Dudley's books stuck stuck in my vest somewhere. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So I enjoyed that as well. That was a good interview from just a very interesting guy. And so thank you, Brent, for taking time out. Gosh, that was Christmas Eve day. Yep. Is that right? Yep. And he took time out away from his family to let us aggravate him and pick his brain and talk turkeys with him and you know, again, he's just giving more and more of his time, and that's just the kind of person he is. So, Brent, thank you, and thank you for being such a long-time listener of the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Brent. So, you guys listening, that's what Cameron and I are talking about when we say we'd like for you to nominate someone. Nominate someone. You know, it can be the best turkey caller you know in the area. The best turkey hunter you know in your area. It the worst be, turkey hunter you know in your area. It could. In fact, <laughs> I've got about three or four that I want to nominate for that right now. <laughs> They'd be fun to talk to as well. <laughs> That's what we're looking for, you know, and, and I think that this will give the listeners a pretty good idea. And, and I think that we'll start to get quite a few more nominations for our next quarter's Listener Spotlight interview. And, you know, someone who's devoted a lot of their time to the sport, to the NWTF, to Wounded Warriors, whatever it happens to be. That's the kind of people that we want to interview and talk to. You know, we, we are a very, well, we're an odd group. For sure. In the eyes of what most people would consider to be a normal population. We're an odd group of people. Yeah. So, you know, we're very interesting in that respect. So email Cameron, email me, hit Cameron up on social media with a nomination or two or three. And we might pick your person that you want to listen to. So that'd be fun. That's yeah. What I'm looking for. Do it. Sounds like the favor of the week to me. Yeah. That's a good one. All right. Well, then let's wrap this thing up for the week. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week and a happy new year. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.